On this episode, we discuss the country bears. For Max Fun Pledge Drive season. That's right, everybody's favorite thing bears and pledge breaks. Because good things come in bears. <laughs> Ugh, Dan, no. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Bear Wellington. Mm. And I'm mm. Elliot Kalen, wondering where Stuart got that nickname, because I've never heard it before. I thought we were doing like cool bear names, like in the movie we were talking about this week. <laughs> uh, so your, your cool you bear name is just... <laughs> bear? <laughs> your name yeah. with bear in the middle? Yeah, I mean, that's oh. a nickname. You've heard that before. You didn't hear people mm. call me that? Uh... Um. <laughs> Yeah. It was because anyway. of that time when we were playing softball and I covered myself in honey and I started running around saying, hey, must be the honey. Mm-hmm. That was a good <laughs> gag. Too bad you were soon swarmed by bees. Yeah. <laughs> Better than okay. being swarmed by bears. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's true. Well, each of us has two bears inside of us already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we talked about that. That's true. Yeah. That. Yeah, like, so it depends. If there's two or fewer bears swarming us, it's probably a fair fight. But Let me just put an asterisk next to what you said, and that asterisk goes to a little yellow box that says, As seen in the New Mutants episode, face front, true believers. Mm-hmm. So Stultify and Stan. Uh, this is a podcast called The Flophouse, and on okay. The Flophouse, yes. we usually watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. Now, I don't know if the country bears uh, fits into that rubric, but before we get there... This is the Max Fun Pledge Drive time. Uh, I believe that, Elliot, you have a few words to say quickly off the top. Seamless as always. Seamless segue. That's right, guys. It's that special time again. <laughs> pretty when, good to me. I don't know when, why. And by, and by guys, I'm not talking to my co-hosts. I'm talking to you, the listeners. It's that special time again when you get to support the podcast you love so much and show us just how special we are to you and how important we are in your lives. The Flophouse, like all Max Fun shows, is listener-supported. The vast majority of the money we make from it comes from direct pledges from listeners like you. And that means we can keep being our dumb, goofy selves without pressure from the bosses or the corporate sponsors or just generally the man. Your support gives us the freedom to keep the show honest and stupid, as it already has been from the very beginning of the episode. And your support also gives us the means to, say... Pay the mortgage on my house when there's not a lot of work because of a pandemic, which I really appreciate. That is not a joke, and I'm very thankful for it. We know this last year was a weird year for everybody. We know that some of you out there may not feel like you have the means to spend on audio goofs right now. We totally understand that. But if you feel like you can support our show in this particular manner of pledging money in a monthly contribution, we would be so appreciative if you would do so. So we'll be talking to you later in the episode about how the Pledge Drive works, all the great stuff you're going to get when you join or upgrade your membership. Until then, I'll just say thank you again and ask you to take a moment to right now, before you forget, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Right now. Don't wait. I mean, you're going to hear more about it later, but do it now anyway. And (laughs) make a new pledge or upgrade your pledge if you can. Again, again, that's MaximumFun.org slash join. It's super easy to do, and we'll tell you more about it later after we talk about the goddamn country bears for some reason. If you do it, if you do it now, 
you can ignore the bullshit that I'll say later. See, that's mm-hmm. the that's the then advantage of it. You can really ride that fifteen second skip button. Just skip, 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 skip. Back to the bears. Skip, 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 skip. Uh, but not my but part. I put so much effort into it. All right, listen to Stewart's no matter what, but I give you permission to ignore me. If you've made a pledge already, if you've that's made it. a pledge at maximumfund.org. Otherwise, slash rapt join. attention. That's yeah. what I demand. <laughs> raptor attention. Pay attention mm-hmm. as if a raptor was going to attack you. Mm-hmm. Now, today we're doing something special because it's the pledge drive. We're not talking about some new hit blockbuster that's on HBO Max right now, though we will be doing a lot of that throughout the year. Dan. You very specifically wanted to – you had a real come-to-Jesus moment involving the Country Bears movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I want to hear about this road to Damascus experience you had with the Country Bears. Tell us about it before we get into the film. Uh, well, no, I mean, as it has been referenced before, I'm a member of a, a, a bad movie-watching uh, a group that does um, you know streaming uh, group chats every Monday. And one of them uh, brought the Country Bears – to uh, the attention of the group. We all watched it together. Um, t- you know, to a person, I think, uh, everyone had a rapturous response. L- mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, the first time what are, what are I we watched talking? it... Were you, uh, like, like booze, coke, weed? What's up? <laughs> Ayahuasca? Uh, mm-hmm. It's quite possible there was a little weed involved cool. on my part, which is why the first time around I may have, like laughed hysterically through a lot of yeah. it. Dan looked, looked time, over his shoulder to make sure there weren't any cops, even though it's legal in New York now. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Um, no, the first time, though... And, like, and there are two cops in the movie, so he kept thinking they were there to arrest him yeah, and got yeah. very paranoid, uh-huh. hid behind his couch. Yeah. The first time I focused on how bizarre I thought the movie was, but the second time I, also, I sort of focused as well on, like, once I got over that, I was like, oh, this is... They put a lot of work into this Country Bears movie. Uh, I really, you know, kind of respect what they're doing here, but um, but we can just dive into it. I think. Okay, what, let's what, dive what, into the. the let's, let's stage dive into these bears, much like mm-hmm. uh, country bear star Fred Betterhead himself, inventor of the stage. I thought dive. it was Ted Betterhead. Ted is the other one. Oh, okay. Ted oh, I do is, want to set. Ted is the Ted is the one is the one with glasses who does not stage dive. Oh, okay. I, I did want to. Uh, speaking of stages, I wanted to set the stage a little bit in that. Um, I wanted to place this uh, film in history. This was oh wow uh, w- during this is kind of, this came out in two thousand two. It was part of the uh, move that uh, D- Disney was thinking like oh let's make all of our attracts attractions our amusements uh, from Disneyland or Disney World into movies, and that had kicked off with uh, the Haunted Mansion. In 98, which was um, not much of a success, I believe. I, I don't know what the... I think it was a financial flop. It was certainly a critical one. And then Well, they didn't make any more. So if they thought they could get money out of it, they would have made five more. Mm-hmm. Well, except for they made this movie in 2002. This was also a flop, commercially and critically. And in 2003, uh, it finally paid off when, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean... Curse of the Black Pearl. Bafo mm-hmm. B.O. there. Bafo B.O., baby bear. <laughs> and it wasn't yep. until years later that, that Disney hit on the on the reasoning, well, why don't we just make new versions of the movies we already mm-hmm. know are huge hits? Let's just do yeah. that. Why are, we, yeah. Real... why are we doing that? Why are we coming up with new stories? We can just yep. make the same old stuff again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, they're, you know, masters of recycling, good for the environment. You know, they use all parts of the amusement park and their own... IP 
Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. There's, there's nothing left. They just they just take it to the bone. Now, Dan, I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. I was really worried when you said you were going to place it in history that you were going to be like, the Country Bears was coming at a time when America needed to be lifted up <laughs> yes. after 9-11. And I was uh-huh. like, Since damn. The yeah. of time. I was like, this is not something we need to talk about. Majority of the Country Bears. Uh, so let's. So as everyone knows now that thanks to Dan, uh, the Country Bears is based on the attraction of the Country Bears. What jamboree at uh, yes. at, at Disneyland, at Disney World. Now this, mm-hmm. if, if for anyone who has never been to this attraction, you go to a, a music hall where a bunch of robot bears sing about <laughs> hillbilly stuff. They are uh-huh. ro- they are hillbilly bears who put on a country show. It's very much. You can tell this is one of those attractions from a time when kind of yokel country stuff was still really big in pop culture, which is a uh-huh. period from like the 30s until or the 20s until like the 70s, basically. You had uh-huh. like yeah. a 50 or 60 year period where hillbilly culture was the, was the source of all culture <laughs> for a while. Yep, that's why we're all in jug bands wearing overalls mm-hmm. around for mm-hmm. so well, many we decades. Well, we were. In the 80s, we were. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, there was a period when it was not that out of the ordinary to see characters that were hillbilly stereotypes just in a major thing, and the Country Bears movie, I feel like, uh, comes out <laughs> comes out after that is no longer the case. Right. Well, also, like, look, I will never like the. I love the animatronic uh, attractions in at at the Disney parks. I've not seen Country Bears, but I I have a real fondness for the ones that are just like. Either you float by a bunch of robots doing something, or oh, you sure. sit and watch a, b- a bunch oh, of robots when, doing I, something. When I was a kid, honestly, one of my favorite attractions at Disney World was the Kitchen Cabaret, which was just <laughs> like animatronic food singing about nutrition. And I remember like yeah. loving all the corny jokes, loving all the dumb songs. Like, but there's something about watching a movie that has semi-realistic bear costumes, as if the country <laughs> yes. bears have torn their paws from the bolts holding them down yeah. to the floor and are now free to roam around. That is very frightening. Well, now, so these are. Jim Henson, Henson creations, and uh, they they look to be uh, men in big, big like uh, bulky bear suits with like an animatronic head on top of them. Like, yeah, uh, like in fr- like in Fraggle Rock. Yeah, or uh, like big, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like TMNT. Yeah, exactly. But they're bears, and they're not ninjas, uh-huh. and they look like they could bite someone's head off at now any was, moment. I was trying to think, uh, like, you bring up the, the cultural obsession with, uh, like, hillbillies uh, made me look up when the Beverly Hillbillies movie was launched, which was, uh-huh. like, almost 10 years before, and I'm sure it was a huge success. But interestingly, it also featured the acting talents of Diedrich Bader, who is in... Yeah, D- Oh. The Country Bears, who plays two bears, roles yeah. in the Country two Bears. Two roles. And Diedrich Bader has, I mean, I feel like he is, I mean, he's a very talented comedy performer, and uh-huh. he can kind of turn on or turn off Southern, yeah. which is something that is, uh, he. You, depending on the role, he's either uh-huh. very Southern or very not Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's... I, I mean, you could say that depending on the role, all of us are very Southern or very not Southern. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I mean... Uh, not a lot, not know, every performer is it, Southern all the time. But. I've spent most of my time not being Southern. So. I think 100% of your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, guys, let's talk about, we talked a lot about the country bears in the abstract. Let's fit, let's learn, let's meet these particular country bears. So yeah, yeah. the opening credits, they show us a lot of vintage footage and headlines about these huge music, music stars, the country bears. We're introduced uh-huh. to all four of them. There's Ted Betterhead on vocals and lead guitar. Fred Betterhead on harmonica and bass. That's his brother, Zeb Zuber, on fiddle. Mm-hmm. He's the most yokel mm-hmm. of all of them, I think, because yes. he's got a big, big yokel hat, and he plays fiddle. And Tennessee O'Neill, whose name is not as fun as the others, who is on the mm-hmm. what they call in the credits the one-string thing, and it's just a guitar with one string on it. Uh, the drummer <laughs> is human and not 
really no one pays attention to them. No. And they specialize yeah. in kind of Well, he's I, played by MC Ganey. I paid attention to him. I mean, yeah. later yeah. he's played by MC Ganey. Earlier on he's he's not. He's, okay. he's but uh I assume the country bears like Spinal Tap go through drummers like crazy cuz they yeah. kill them yeah. eat them. <laughs> you know, cuz bears are <laughs> you should not be around them. Uh and they play kind of light adult contemporary country rock, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. for an entirely human audience. There are not many bears in this movie, and we learn that they broke up in 1991, 11 years earlier. Now Dan, I After want to influencing the likes of Willie Nelson and a variety of other big names. Yeah, acts. and there's a lot of big name performers who who basically put everything on, at the feet of the country bar, bears. Now let's talk about these costumes again. I just mm-hmm. want to get across my experience yeah. watching this movie. Where so I watch most of these movies again, usually while I'm doing the dishes, uh-huh. and so I'll, I'm not looking at the screen the whole time. And every now and then, the country bears would say a funny joke, and I'd laugh and look at the screen and be reminded of how horrific these, how horrifically mm. too real these costumes look. And I'd be yes. like, Ah, a bear said that. Yeah, this, you can smell I, the, these costumes. <laughs> yeah, it's not the uncanny valley because it's not like you're a case where like, oh, this looks too much like a bear and you're put off by like how it's almost a bear, but not. But it is kind of too realistic for what's going on. And also like you've you've made some mention of it. Like the thing that tickled me the most when I first watched this movie is how little it really figures in that they're bears. Almost like not that, at all. That would normally be the hook of a movie, and the d- decision that this film makes, which, like, upon second viewing, I appreciate even more, is that they largely ignore the fact that they're all bears. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and yet the bears are... Yeah, it's not like you think they're real bears, but they are not cartoonish bear suits. Like, they're not cute. Like, they look like if you cross one of them, it will rip your throat out with its <laughs> yeah. teeth or claws. They got, like, they got they, some heft. Yes, yeah. yeah. They look powerful. These are powerful uh-huh. bears. Powerful, well, powerful also, bears. Also, I would like to say that this uh, opening montage, too, like, y- you wonder yourself, uh, why did the country bears break up? And you will not get Ever learn that, that answer <laughs> until very late in the movie, and then mm. it's kind of barely there. It, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get it. Good pun, Dan. Good pun. Uh, not meant to be a... No, okay, but, you did it. Okay, uh, listeners, just for the pledge drive, Dan has pledged he's going to make as many bear puns as possible, oh, see God, if you can sure. find them all. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I gotta start uh, googling bear stuff. <laughs> Dan, don't just Google bear stuff. You're gonna I mean, put I mean, safe search sure, on. Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, actually, mm. you know what? Not it's fine. You're an adult. Just Google whatever you want. Uh, within reason. Uh, so mm. we then we're gonna meet our main character, Barry Barrington. The name is kind of on the nose that his name is Barry. He is a horrifyingly again lifelike bear boy, and it's kind of <laughs> like if Michael J. Fox was a bear. It's kind of the way it. If Michael kinda, J. Fox yeah. <laughs> from like uh, not. Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox, but class of 1984, Michael J. Fox, when he's a little bit younger, if he was a bear. And he's, and, and he's vo- yeah, he's voiced by Haley Joel Osment, who, yes. do you think, because now he kind of looks like his character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Because he looks kind of like got, a bear man. Because he's gotten older yeah. and he has a beard all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, but he doesn't look like but he doesn't have round ears on the top of his that's, head, you know, or wow. a snout. Yes. Yeah, so that's true. Bar- Barry Barrington is obsessed with the country bears, which kind of makes sense because at, there are almost no other bears that talk in existence. Uh, he assumes that he's adopted because everyone else in his family is human. His dad is Stephen Tobolowsky. Oh, no, 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 my friend. No, he, he, he just, the joke is... He has no idea he's an adopted. No, no, he's, he asked, he says, was I adopted? That he asked his family that. Uh, and his bratty older brother, Dex, played by the voice of Hogarth from The Iron Giant, uh, is like, yeah, 
you're a bear. You're obviously a bear. Like, he can't quite... It's like, Barry guesses that he's adopted, but he can't quite understand that he's a bear. And so finally, Barry... He says, this isn't your family, and Barry runs away. And in case you're starting to wonder... Yes, this movie has the same plot as the 2011 The Muppets movie. The Muppets is a straight ripoff of the Country Bears. This is a yeah. scandal. Dan, you're mm-hmm. a big fan of The Muppets, and you're especially a big fan of Walter, the character introduced no, in The Muppets. I am not. How did you feel finding you're... out that the, that it's stealing from the Country Bears? Yeah. This is The Dan Lion King and Kimba the White Lion right all over again. Yeah, Dan, what is? Yeah, what's I, going on? You know, I I I was actually going to bring up the similarity to the film The Muppets. It's hard similarity. Not to. It's the same plot, Dan. <laughs> it is the same. It is the same plot. He's going to start a reunion <laughs> show among the only people that are his species. Yeah, right. it's the same plot. But I, I would, I well, in the context of this, I would like There's to. There's even a bear in the Muppets. His name's Fozzie, Dan. This is Wheels Within Wheels. Everything's connected. We are through the looking I, glass. I would like to posit that among other reasons why this movie may not have hit with the public, the Country Bears, like the reason this was more successful in the Muppets is, the Muppets are characters that you know have this nostalgia value people are uh, of a certain age at least are utterly familiar with like all of the personalities of the muppets so there is like this certain like zazz to the idea of like oh the muppets haven't worked together in a while like this guy discovers he's a muppet he's gonna get them all back together here with the country bears like we don't have any associations with the beloved characters of the country <laughs> bears we don't know who all these people are supposed to be it's just a bunch of like interchangeable uh country bears who need to be returned mm-hmm. uh, to the stage? So uh, it's 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 uh, it's a less successful plot device here. Uh, You're saying I the audience say. has no there's there's very little stakes if the country bears don't exactly. get back together. Especially since I alluded to this before, like until the end, there's no real reason why they weren't together the whole time. Especially when like every one of them that they encounter seems to be down and out and needs this desperately. But yeah, and uh, is instantly we, on board. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here are the stakes. We're going to get to them. As Lyndon Johnson once said in that famous Daisy ad, these are the stakes. Barry <laughs> takes the bus to Legendary Country Bear Hall and meets and, is, and, and sees how evil banker Reed Thimple, played by Christopher Walken in an amazing performance that I love, is mm-hmm. telling the hall's manager, Henry, a bear, one of only two no, one of only three non Country Bear bears aside from Barry. There's Henry, mm-hmm. there's the groundskeeper, whose Big name I don't Al. remember. Big Al, Big Al, who's voiced by the coach from Major League. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's Trixie, the only female bear we see in the entire movie, which might be why there's not that many bears left, to be honest, if if, if, yeah. if there's that big an imbalance between males and females in the species. Dan, wait. Here's the oh. stakes, and then we'll get into it. Okay. The stakes are okay. they're six years behind on mortgage payments, and they need to raise $20,000 in four days. There's no way they can do it. Christopher Walken... Can't, and that's two thousand two dollars. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars is a lot of money back then. Yeah. Uh, that's Christopher Walken cannot wait to tear the Country Bear Hall down, and he even has a wrecking ball hood ornament. It's on his incredible. Car. It's great. It is an and Barry is aghast. Dan, tell me what you're going to tell me, and then I have a question for you after that. Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say that, like, uh, oh shit, it went out of my head. Say the question. Uh, the question is Christopher Walken's performance. Is this his greatest performance? He is extremely committed in this movie. <laughs> like this, like the thing is, like a lot in this movie. Like this movie could be such a, an attempt at a cash grab, uh, a quixotic one because no one wanted to see a country yeah. bears movie. But like it could be that. But everyone is really putting their all into this thing. There's a scene later on where Christopher Walken is in the room with the bears and he's threatening them. And I was like. It's hard for me to imagine that Christopher Walken is actually in this room with these guys in bear costumes acting up a storm. 
really throwing himself into the part of this character of an evil banker who wants to tear down a music hall owned by a bunch of hillbilly bears. Like, If I was shows- ever able yeah. to interview Christopher Walken and talk to him about a single role, it would be this one. <laughs> <laughs> speak to that. Speak to that, Stuart. I mean, because, yeah, like, I would I would ask him, like, what was going on in your head? How did you get into the character of Reed Thimble, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> and you'll notice that he was nominated for a bunch of, like, those joke bad movie awards for his performance in this. But I think that's one of those misunderstandings where it's like, this is the performance the movie calls for. Like, mm-hmm, the movie yes. calls for a big, silly performance. Later on, spoiler alert, he gets his comeuppance. The good guys win. He is making the craziest, angry, confused faces as a yeah. crowd <laughs> sweeps him away. And I was just like... These faces to are be torn, so, torn apart, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's just like the end of the Bacchae. They're going to rip him limb from limb, and then his yeah. mother's going to parade through the town with his head on a pole. It's, it's like, uh, uh, just, it's, it's just the faces he's making are so amazing. And it's an, I feel like sometimes movies try to get by on Christopher Walken just kind of being a little off as the only joke. But mm-hmm. here, they were clearly like, no, you're not Christopher Walken playing this character. You're, you are. You are you playing, you are Reed Thimple, and you yeah. are like this crazy banker yeah. guy. It's not just Christopher Walken, you know, uh, mannerisms. One, one of my know. favorite little details of his character is that the uh, company he's employing to handle the demolitions is called Slamboni Demolitions, which I feel is like a <laughs> subsidiary of Brazzers or something. <laughs> like I expected Johnny Sins to be getting out of the truck. Thank you, uh, I, thank you, Stuart, for injecting that real-life porn knowledge into our Max Fun Pledge Drive episode, the one where we ask yeah. our fans to support us. I gotta pay now for my porn, Elliot. Just, just so you know where Stuart's money is going to. I remember what I was going to say, which is just that uh, on the note of like there only being like a few other bears around, like mostly humans, and then these like talking bears that everyone treats as if they're just normal people. Uh, I find it very funny in the early scenes where they're trying to convince, like, the kid is trying to convince his brother, Bear, uh, brother Bear, another Disney film, It's what Disney Plus recommended to me as soon as yeah. Country Same was ended, here. and I was like, oh. I'm not just into bear things. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, there's, show me the Muppets, since it's yeah. the same exact plot. Like, unless Elliot, Brother Bear is the same plot, you know? Elliot, your next ten birthdays, you're getting ceramic bears from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate No, I don't want bears. I'm not into bears now. But it's like uh, when... Years ago, I don't know if IMDb still has the like movie recommendations thing, where uh-huh. it, would, it said if you like this movie, you might like these others. And I was looking up the it was when From Hell came out, and I looked up From Hell, and on the recommendations, it also recommended like Rising Sun and I think Murder at sixteen hundred. And I was like, the only things these have in common maybe it's Absolute Power. The only thing these have in common is that they're all movies where prostitutes are murdered. Like that's not a good reason <laughs> to choose a movie. Like that's terrifying that's horrible uh, anyway Dan what were you going to say the point of what I was saying was when he was trying the, the brother was trying to convince the bear brother that he was adopted he's like here's my adoption certificate and here's yours and like pulls up or birth certificate and here's yours and he like picks up uh, like a tracking collar yeah like, yeah. And she, like there's a photo of him being like held up by a park ranger which introduces all these questions about so, it's like, so they know what bears are like mm-hmm. like wild bears, and this is a wild bear that has been caught and adopted by a human family. I mm-hmm. suppose it is a bad bar uh, scenario, Dan, or perhaps a bad yeah. bear scenario. Mm-hmm. It is it is yeah. colonization and imperial and cultural imperialism writ large, where not just other peoples but even other species need to be forced to live in the ways that a capitalist imperialist society demands yeah. they are. But yeah, also, mm-hmm. also think- it's just kind of a funny gag. Yeah, I think you're yeah. suggesting that country bears walked so that Paddington could run. Right? Is that what you're saying, Dan? <laughs> 
Uh, I well, I mean, seeing as Paddington is based on a series of books that predates the Country Bears, I, I wouldn't say that. But mm, uh, but Country Bears is based on an electronic uh, live action attraction at a theme mm-hmm. park, so it's kind of the I same thing. I wonder which thing. one's first. <laughs> when was Paddington? Time to anyway, check it go out. On. I mean, with, but uh, there's so many other bears in literature that I mean, there's Little Bear, and mm-hmm. there's uh, uh, mm-hmm. Gentle Ben. Mm-hmm. And there's also um, uh, mm-hmm. Bear Grylls. There's also mm-hmm. there's so many other bears in yep. popular culture. You know, who came first? No one will ever know. There's no way of telling. So anyway, two police officers, Officers Ham and Cheats, uh, mm-hmm. are set. This is an officer Cheats. Is, is that a specific joke? Because the Stephen Toblowski is like, wait, that's really your names? And I'm like... Well, St- it's, it just sounds like ham and cheese. I think it's just uh, what the, it's yeah. the only joke. And uh, okay. they say, and this is the second of Diedrich Bader's roles in the movie because he plays one of the bears and he plays Officer Cheats, uh, and he has a big fake mustache. And Dex is mad that nobody seems to realize that Barry is a bear. Of course, he's figured out he's a dog detective, but nobody mm-hmm. else seems yeah. to be thinking yeah. that Barry is a bear. Uh, Henry is showing Barry around the storied Country Bear Hall, and he says at one point that Hendrix played there, but the biggest of them all was the Country Bears. And I was like, whoa, movie. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. It is a, I am willing to suspend my disbelief that there is a group of bears that can play music and were once rock and roll stars. It is hard for me to imagine them being bigger stars than Jimi Hendrix. This is a strange <laughs> world that we live in. Don't, don't make me suspend my disbelief. That are big, you, you know. saying that there, if there was a band full of musical bears, uh-huh. that wouldn't be the hugest thing ever? Come I on. He's I mean, got you. I mean, are ZZ Top the hairiest That's rock stars true. in the world? The biggest they rock stars are basically. In the world? Three, three bear men. Trace hombres, yep. Yeah. yeah and uh, there, but there's also the, the idea, but also they're not in direct competition with each other. Like Jimi Hendrix was, was played hard rock, and the yeah. country bears play soft country rock. Like, th- why would you compare the two of them? I don't understand. Why would you compare yeah. the two of them? I don't get it. Okay. Anyway, Elliot's getting the in the su- game. He's got a point now. I, yeah, I got it. Look, I got to pick up the slack. We promised a lot to our pledge people, and Dan is not doing the bear puns. So, uh, <laughs> Barry decides that his higher purpose in life is to save the hall with a reunion show. Henry is against the idea until he hears Barry singing a country bears song with real passion. And they pull out the dusty old tour bus and pull out the dusty old roadie MC Ganey, who I guess has been living on the tour bus with a chicken. When I love the idea the bears that, down. I love the idea that the casting agents like, we just need you to do the same thing you did in Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> You're the same character, basically. And he's like, so this is a sort of con bear? No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no actual cons. Uh, so now they got to go to the first per- first bear on the list is Fred Betterhead. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a guard at a security guard at a music at a studio where they're shooting a music video. Yeah, this is this is like a real like Mass Effect Two situation where you got to track down your your elite <laughs> team of battlers. Exactly, except they're an elite team of country bears. Uh, they, and by elite, I mean certainly they're the elite country bears. There are no others. They're the best is, is, by definition. Is Betterhead a sex pun? Like what? Like what? I what honestly is that? couldn't no, figure no, out. No complaints. Okay. The, the only wondering. the only thing I could think of because it's not like a rock and roll thing that I could think of. I mean, a well, head yeah. is like a pothead, but or the, like the or the only thing I could think of is that it's a play on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain Leatherhead, who's a Cajun <laughs> alligator. But I was mm. like, that's a strange reference for this movie to make. You know? Uh, yeah. So especially because by this point, I think the Ninja Turtles were a Nickelodeon property that's direct competition with Disney. Anyway, Fred is a guard at a music studio uh, at a at a set where they're shooting a music video. The singer recognizes him and they jam on a musical number and Fred stage dives, but there's no one in the crowd to catch him. So he just falls on the ground. Uh, Barry shows up. He's by the a, way, this I just yep. want to say like this single, this singer, Crystal, like 
she was a you know a minor star of the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're like some people in here that are you know musical figures that you will recognize. Like uh, later on, Bonnie Raitt and Don Henley are dude in the movie. Uh, I will make you love me, Bonnie Raitt. The saddest <laughs> yeah. song in the universe. But there are also people like Crystal here or uh, the waitress uh, later who had like a hit and maybe are not like at the forefront of our mind anymore, but uh, are people who maybe would have been known at the time of the Country Bears to audiences. Like the the, the waitress later is the one who I was informed by Audrey did the song, uh, It's Just... A little crush, that one. Oh, yeah. So, okay, uh, I see. See, I didn't recognize them, but I, I wondered if they were real. So, like, yeah. there's, a, there's a version of this movie that came out eight years later that like uh, Rebecca Black is in it, and there's a version of it that comes out now sure. that like Billie Eilish <laughs> is in it. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I like about this sequence is that like they're they're doing this music video, and like every once in a while, it'll just cut to the side, and you'll see Fred Betterhead, and you're reminded that oh, oh yeah, there's a country bear running around. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because no one in the in the movie, as Dan's mentioned, refer, like in any way registers that they're bears, and it's weird that they're bears. They're just totally yeah. accepted everywhere they go, and so uh-huh. you just yeah, every there's this constant shock of recognition throughout the movie in you, the audience, that a bear is in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, you you've hit upon it exactly. Like again, watching it a second time, the effect was dimmed. I could focus on other things, but the first time around, I would just start giggling every once yeah. in a while because there's like bears roaming around and no one was acting like that was weird. It's a little bit like the first time you see cats and you and throughout the movie every yeah. 5 minutes you're like, this is really happening. Like yeah. there's really yeah. a cat singing right now. Yeah. Like this is this is something I never thought I'd see. I never dreamed of. Um Fred's immediately on board with the reunion. Uh, Henry calls up the Bears' old promoter, Rip Holland, played by the late Alex Rocco, and he, he goes, ugh, the man who stole the band from me, and there's bad blood between them. We never find out what that's about. No. It's never explained. He, he Rip agrees to promote the band. Henry doesn't know that Rip is at rock bottom. He's actually, we find out, using a desk at a furniture store to work from. That's pretty that funny was, gag. That was a good gag. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Fred tells Barry that the Country Bears' big break came when they won a talent contest Beating a boy who could make armpit fart music, that's going to come back. It's not a one-off gag, so uh-huh. be ready for that. Who did not take the loss well? No, let's, yeah, let's just say that. Next, they go to a beehive-themed roadhouse where Zeb Zuber uh, is is a now, honey-holic. Wait, let me finish the sentence, Dan. Okay. He is a oh, honey-holic sorry. mooching off of the bartender, Queen Latifah. <laughs> and you're right you're right no they, i should not have interrupted they, that, and though. i have another i have another sentence uh after that but we can but dan before i get to that sentence uh tell me what you're gonna say i well i mean number one <laughs> number one this is one of the moments where you're like okay i guess this is one of the reasons the country bears broke up that this uh that zeb zuber had a honey habit yeah sure a honey habit and the film because it is for kids didn't really want to go into the implications of yeah of what all this means but also mm-hmm. i just found it funny that again a world where there's bears Barely any bears. Like barely any bears. Yep. Sorry, same, Good one. same one. Good one. I mean, it's the same yeah. one, but it was great. Wasn't... I mean, we'll give you same. We'll give you half credit for each. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, a world with so few bears, mm-hmm. uh, mostly humans in this bar, but it is a honey theme. It is a honey bar. There's honeycombs There's on the walls. Electrified uh, bark back scratcher that <laughs> one of the bears <laughs> yeah. enjoys. I think would work in a normal bar. No, yeah, I love it. Still but like that. it yeah. does seem built for bears. It's true. <laughs> The, Dan, there's a now lot is of Zeb th- Zuber is Zeb Zuber the one that, that's voiced by Stephen Root or by Toby Huss? Uh, Zeb Zuber is the one who's voiced voiced by Stephen Root. Toby Huss okay. does Tennessee O'Neill, oh, and Dedrick Bader does Ted Betterhead, and yeah. uh, Fred Betterhead is Brad Garrett. <laughs> 
so many great character actors. Yeah. I, the a, this movie has a great cast. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've got Diedrich Bader, uh, Stephen Root, Christopher Walken, Alex Rocco, MC Ganey, like Toby Huss. Like, there's a there's and you know there's the a lot of great people is, in it. The other cop is Daryl. Is Daryl Mitchell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, hot off the success of Galaxy Quest, you know. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's like this is a fair, this is not a bad cast for a Country Bears movie, and I guess no. when they were going through all the silliness, they just had to bear with it for the paycheck. Anyway, moving yeah. on, they're in this. The covers so, were bare. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so Dan, you're right. It is strange that in this world with very few bears, apparently, I guess there's enough people who are addicted to honey. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad, yeah, if this was an adult movie, there'd be some joke about him, like, servicing John's in exchange for honey, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. it is for kids, and yes. they did not mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, so Queen Latifah agrees to a bet with Barry. Uh, he'll wager the Country Bear bus, uh, and she'll erase Zeb's debts if he can win a music contest against Brian Setzer. <laughs> so the next <laughs> scene right. is just Brian Setzer and Zeb Zuber, which, again, <laughs> I'll remind you, Zeb Zuber is uh, Stephen Root. I assume Stephen Root was not in the costume. I've got to imagine he just did the voice. I don't, I don't know. know. I kind of like to imagine he was in it. <laughs> maybe. I mean, he wore that pan suit in in uh, in the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Maybe maybe yeah. he would, maybe yeah. he did that here. But it now is a, this was a tough scene for me. I've gone on record about my difficulties uh, looking at rockabilly uh, dudes, but you know, I get uh, the country bear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did it for the movie. I did it for work. Too, we appreciate that you bared with it. By yeah. looking at them, or what? I don't understand. I don't know. It's just uh, there's something so it doesn't rub me right. You know. I remember <laughs> okay. for some reason I was talking to uh, to Sammy recently about rockabilly and and neo swing guys, and I was just going on about how dumb their long keychain pocket uh, chains are. And mm-hmm. he was, and I was showing him pictures of like old zoot suit guys, and he was like, "That looks cool." And then I showed him modern ones, and he goes, "That one doesn't." And I was like, "Sammy, <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for each each thing has its time." You yeah, know? that's true. And rockabilly it's is true. it's kind of like that. It's there's this weird subculture that maybe I don't like it because I know I if given the right circumstances, I totally would have fallen into it. Where it's like super where that 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 subculture of like super punky anti-establishment people who all look like Betty Page or um or like a 50s yeah. greaser you know mm-hmm. and i and it's I, given the right circumstances i'd probably be there i'd have a tattoo of a laughing devil with a mustache or something on my mm-hmm. on my arm uh you know and i'd be in a rockabilly band uh then i'd sl- then i'd become older and i'd start wearing panama hats and bowling shirts and hanging around coney island like that's mm. yeah that's a lifestyle that maybe that's why i don't like it is cuz it's an alternate sliding doors parallel world for me uh-huh. a road not taken Anyway, Interesting. Well, so, th- so anyway, Brian Setzer. I apologize Setzer, to any Rockabilly listeners for the past uh, one minute of content. And, uh, and to Rockadoodle, the, the hit yeah, cartoon show, uh, movie about a, about a rock and roll rooster. Anyway, so to make a long story short, Zeb Zuber wins his music contest with Brian Setzer in which they sing a song about <laughs> honey. And how, well, they sing a song about what's going on right there. Like, like yeah, The song is, like, appears to be improvised on the spot about how... I, Brian Setzer, am fighting this bear <laughs> in a music battle uh, it's, and uh, how they're yeah, doing. It is very, it's off the dome. I guess it's supposed to be off the dome. Uh, and there's, this is followed by a lovely interlude where Christopher Walken wearing a three-piece suit without the jacket from the waist up and boxer shorts from the waist <laughs> down is just smashing models of the country bear the country bear hall over and over again. And each time he smashes it and goes, Oh no, bear hall. <laughs> and then smashes it again, Oh no, bear oh, hall. And it is so delightful. Great. It's, it's so great. 
I, I, it's like, how is this not a gift that I've seen attached to things? Just him going, oh, smashing, going, oh no, oh, no. yeah. And then he just dumps, <laughs> he dumps the smashed pieces on a pile. And of I could tell, pieces. is he in a building or is he in like the, a trailer of a truck made up to look inside like a like an office? I couldn't quite tell where he was, but yeah, it, uh, he's inside all of us. Uh, and you know what? It and that that scene does not bode well for the country bears. They're gonna need they're gonna need all the support from their community. And you know who else needs support from their community? That's right, us, the Flophouse. So that's how you do it, Dan. That's how you do it. No, I I bow to the master. It's the Max Fun Drive, folks, and uh, it's the one time a year uh, that we uh, interrupt our regular programming to ask you, uh, the listener, to consider supporting us financially with money. Now, uh, <laughs> think of the Flophouse as like a three-legged stool that one of the country bears might sit on to play one of their banjo songs, okay? One of those legs is me, Dan Nelliot, okay? We watch the shitty movies, or good movies in the case of the country bears. We talk about them. <laughs> we try not to murder each other. Now, another leg, of the, another leg is Max Fun. Uh, that's, they help us get advertisements. They help us get guests, organize fun stuff. Uh, and then the third leg, that's kind of the most important one. That's you. That's right. You listen to our show. You tell your friends about it. You tweet at us. You uh, like uh, my Instagram pictures. And you <laughs> support us with your hard-earned money. Uh, so what we're asking is for you to consider, if you aren't already a supporter, to uh, head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a supporter of the Flophouse. Uh, for five dollars a month, you can uh, you can join as a maximum fun high fiver. Uh, that gives you access to bonus content, and that's not just the Flophouse bonus content, of which there is already a lot. I mean, I've made you guys play a lot of role-playing games with me, uh, but there's also plenty of additional content. We've recorded uh, episodes about uh, bad television shows. Uh, I think there's a couple of our like live episodes up there. Dan, is that correct? Uh, yeah, and we recorded a special episode already this year where Elliot took the reins and ran us through a very spooky adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. The, for ten dollars a month, you can be a friend of the family. In addition to the bonus content, you also get one of thirty-eight enamel pins of whichever your favorite show is, like the Flophouse. In this case, this year's pin for the Flophouse commemorates. Probably one of the most important moments of the of the television show of the television show of the podcast. That's right, the moment when a uh, truth speaking hero named Stuart was relaying oh. the events of the movie Castle Freak, and then a bunch of haters, including his co-hosts and late great director Stuart Gordon of the uh, director of the movie Castle Freak, all decided to tell him he was wrong. So. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, I mean, Stuart, Stuart, live your truth. Keep recounting those votes. Maybe, maybe it'll turn out that a yeah. ding dong was ripped off. Uh, I mean, check the tapes; it's all there. Uh, we did check the tapes. That's why we know it didn't yeah, that's happen. The problem. <laughs> and there's additional, and there's additional levels above there. Obviously, if you can afford it. Um, so now is the time. Head over to maximumfund.org/join. Uh, sign up if you have not joined before. And if you already are a supporter of the show, first off, thank you so much. Uh, you allow us to do this. You're an important uh, leg of this stool that, that a country bear is sitting on. Um, but you can also consider, if you can afford it, uh, why, don't you, why don't you consider upgrading your membership to get some of those cool items, some of those cool gifts. Hey Stu, uh, so, I was wondering if I could, I was wondering if I could butt in with, a, with another incentive gift I want to throw into the pot. 
Uh, let me check. Them. I'm going to check the rules. Yeah, I think you can. Okay, okay, good, great, great. Uh, so people may know that I have a uh, comic book route right now. It's called Maniac in New York. It's been selling out on comic book store shelves, but I'm not talking about that book to get you to buy it. You can't. It's sold out. I am saying that I'm going to give 10 people who are making new pledges or upgrading their pledges at random. 10 of them will be chosen, and we will get in touch and get your address, and I will send you a signed copy of an issue of Maniac of New York. What? Hopefully issue number one. I have to check how many copies I have on hand of issue number one. But you will get uh, an issue of Maniac of New York signed by me that's going to go to 10 randomly chosen new or upgrading pledge members of Maximum Fun. Just to say thanks. And to the many other people who don't get one in the mail, I also want to say thanks, but I only have so many copies. But this and is I'm your gonna chance. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in and offer another show-specific reward uh we will we will we will choose 10 at random to receive a drawing done by me dan mccoy the of the flop house hello it's me dan uh <laughs> i've been doing a lot of drawing you're going backwards during, dan <laughs> yeah <laughs> during the pandemic uh if you follow uh me on twitter you might have seen a few of my drawings uh and i will do a um let's say a character of the listener's choice a uh, wow. request of like a character. Now you can't get too detailed. Just tell me a character. Don't be like <laughs> the the dude standing on top of a mountain with a shovel who's got the head of a lion, but his tail is a butt. Or I don't feel know. like I mean, you would appreciate like a, the specifics. This sounds like an amazing character, Dan. I don't know yeah. why you yeah, wouldn't no, want to draw it. The tail is a butt. I mean, come on. How does that even work? <laughs> anyway, ten Anyways, random people. This is your chance. Ten random people to finally get that pregnant Sonic drawn by Dan that you've always oh, wanted. God. Oh my lord! <laughs> You're putting it in people's hearts. So, uh, Dan, it's already in people's head. Pregnant Sonic is the most popular character on the internet. Oh god! So, <laughs> once again, for new and uh, new uh, supporters and upgrading supporters, there's a lot of great gifts uh, available to you, including a pregnant. Sonic drawn by Dan and an autographed oh, comics by Elliot. That's amazing. Just head over to MaximumFun.org slash join. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stuart, for uh, doing that so well and laying out what our uh, listeners can do if they'd like to support us at uh, MaximumFun.org slash join. But hey, guys, we've got bigger problems than that because mm -hmm. Brian and Henry still need to collect two more hibernating has-beens and they're <laughs> running out of time. So let's return to Elliot Summarizes the Country Bears Already in Progress. <laughs> When last wow. we left the Country Bears, Barry uh -huh. and Henry had managed to collect Fred Betterhead and Zeb Zuber. Next, they need Tennessee O'Neill, who it turns out has become a marriage counselor, but he frequently breaks down in tears during sessions because he misses his love, Trixie, who he uh -huh. says ran off with a panda. At lunch, he tells the other bears he cannot play without her, and then this waitress recognizes them and starts singing their song, Kick It Into Gear, or something like that, <laughs> uh -huh. and it turns into this huge musical number, and it's like a big screen version of that Chili's ad where they sing the Baby Back Ribs <laughs> song. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. this is like what Space Jam is to that Nike commercial, this scene is to that Chili's ad. Guys, <laughs> were you as blown away as I was by how much this turned into a just a restaurant fantasia, you know? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy seeing a thing like this where so much effort has been put into something just in, inherently impossible to take seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is a fully choreographed number. It's like, you know, something that, say, like the Mamma Mia films really, like, capitalize on. Like, yeah. the idea of, like, well, uh, this might be dumb, but hey, do you like fun? 
you know, and that's yeah. what this feels like. I mean, like. the thing is, the Mamma Mia movies are doing it with real songs. I mean, they're all real songs, but songs that people are like, oh, yeah, this one. It's a jukebox musical. Mm-hmm. This, I yeah. assume, I don't know. Is this a real song? I assume it was original for the movie. But uh, A lot of these songs were written by this guy uh, who, uh, let me look up his name. He won, he like, was nominated for like eight Tal- Grammys. His, his name's Ted Betterhead. He's the lead singer of <laughs> yeah. the country bears. Oh, oh, of course, of course, of course. I'm sorry. He's a bear. Mm-hmm. No, Very let me hard. look up the music. You keep going. It's hard to write a song when you're a bear because you have pause, and so it's hard to play a piano and also hard to write down things. So That's I have true. to assume that because there is that moment have... where they look at uh, the note that Barry wrote when he ran away, and the paper is covered in in scratches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have to assume that at a certain point you get so rich that you hire a human to write for you and a human to uh-huh. play the keys, and uh-huh. they just play every key on the piano until they hit the right one that you want. And it's a very laborious process. Uh-huh. But so, you can't argue with a hit like kicking into gear. Uh-huh. It was probably songs, written by that guy from uh, Under the Silver Lake. John Hyatt <laughs> wrote the songs. John Hyatt wrote them. He's had uh, eight Grammy uh, nominate nine. He's been nominated for nine Grammy awards. Wow. Uh, oh, and then I'm impressed. Know. Eight Grammy nominations, not impressive, but nine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. No, but he's had like uh, songs done by BB uh, King, Bob Dylan, Bonnie Raitt, Shaka Khan, uh, Eric Clapton, Jewel, Iggy Pop, Joan Baez. Like it just goes. What, on what are some of the on. songs? Tell us some of the songs that he's written. Uh, I'll look. I, I should have had this at the ready, but I don't. So well, and I'll continue with the summary. But you keep so, looking up. I'm sure our listeners know, but the I don't moment, know. The moment that this uh, this dance number lets up. Uh, they like are snapped back into reality. They're in the diner again. People are not dancing anymore. The waitress is uh, the waitress is asking, uh, "How do you like your eggs?" And I think it's Zeb Zuber just shouts out, "Hot!" And I <laughs> fucking lost it. <laughs> there's like there's a lot of. I mean, I wish I didn't have to say this because it's the Country Bears movie. It's a movie based on an animatronic attraction. There's a lot of funny jokes in this movie. Like, this movie is not taking itself that much more seriously than it needs to take itself. It feels like a real lark of a movie that Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that, like, would be direct to streaming right now because it's not big. But it's like everyone in this movie seems to be on the same page of, like, look, we're making a Country Bears movie. Like, are we really going to – like, we don't have to take it seriously, but let's let's reach the level of cartoony energy. And there are times when – like I was talking about with Christopher Walken's facial expressions, there are scenes with Steven Tobolowsky where he's just hurling himself into yeah. the movie with such high energy. Nobody in the movie is like, even Queen Latifah, nobody is like, I'm too cool to be in this Country Bears movie. They're like, all yeah. right, yeah, we're making this dumb Country Bears movie. Let's do it. And there's a bunch of really funny jokes in it. Okay, uh, coming up soon, thinking Barry has been kidnapped, the cops chase the bears out of the diner and they get to a car chase. They hide in a car wash. The cops go in the car wash and they get knocked around for such a long time. Diedrich Bader's mustache falls off yep. and they're flying at one point from the air hoses. <laughs> uh-huh. And Barry uh, and Barry, as they drive away, is just laughing at the pain these these police officers are getting for yeah. trying to protect him. Like, With like they, re- there's like a red light on him from <laughs> from this <laughs> the car wash, so he looks very devilish laughing he looks at these very people. Very evil. And there's one joke at the end of the sequence. It might be after a scene. I'm sure where. Uh, the, the one, the other cop, his, uh, I forgot his name, for a his, his hair looks silly because of what happened. And Dietrich Bader goes, your hair looks ridiculous. And then turns his head and his hair has been blown so far behind him that there's this long, <laughs> it's like if Johnny Bravo was a parasaurolophus, like his yeah. hair has gone from the top of his head to just sing out the back. And I was, and I laughed so hard at that. I was like, you got me movie. I didn't expect that. Yeah, and yeah, that was a ridiculous yeah. psych gag. It's like, yeah, yeah. He goes to the, the hairstylist. He's like, make my hair look like the Rocketeer's helmet. 
Yeah. yeah. He just brought in a snork and he said, like this, but towards the back. And That's right, what right, I want. Right before that sequence, they there was another dumb joke that I loved, which is they as the cops are chasing the, the country bears bus, they spot them and the bus is parked right next to a sign that is advertising bingo at nine PM and Diedrich Bader says, Bingo, nine o'clock because he sees them, and it's great. It's a great show. Uh, yeah, that's good. That is a good show. Um, anyway, uh, Barry calls Dex to say he's okay, uh, and Dex is about to tell Barry that he's a part of their family, but Barry hangs up before Dex can say it. Uh, the Bears take a moment to watch a little scene from an old Country Bears cartoon in a in a motel, and the Country Bears cartoon is very clearly like a slapdash, cheapo, like 60s or 70s cartoon, and when it's over, I forget which way, it just goes, that was bad. And that's the end of the scene. And yeah. Was, like, there's, yeah. You, there's some people who know what they're doing, making jokes in this movie. Anyway, luckily, they find out Trixie is performing in the bar next to their motel, Tennessee goes over, they sing a lost love ballad, they are instantly back in love mm-hmm. again. You wonder, why did they break up in the first place? It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're in love again. The challenges of this movie are so easily overcome, and that should be annoying, but it's a Country Bears movie. Like, I don't really want to see them struggling. Like, come on. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> I don't want to stress out over this. Are these bears going to get back together to sing their hit songs <laughs> like, again? Like this, they say, put your hero up a tree, throw rocks at him, and get him down from the tree. It's a country bear. I don't want to see him get stuck <laughs> in a tree. I don't want to throw rocks at him. Just get him out of that tree. You know. And and in this scene, both uh, both bears' uh, singing voices are provided by Bonnie Raitt and Don Henley, who are both sitting at the bar. Yeah, so they oh, are nice. watching their voices come out of bears, which must be a strange experience. <laughs> it's horrifying. And th- this is another one of those scenes where I would just—I was just watching it. and I'm like, okay, so there are two mm-hmm. more realistic than I would like bears singing this uh-huh. love ballad to each other. Yep. There are no other bears in the room. It's mm-hmm. just this is not a bear world. Uh-huh. It was—it's a yeah. strange movie. Yeah, it's a I was like, movie yeah. to watch I was sometimes. like, Bonnie Raitt, you succeeded. You've given us something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Finally. Speaking of speaking of song titles, just so uh, the listener isn't hung up on the fact that there's no payoff, uh, John Hyatt. The only song title I recognized was "Have a Little Faith in Me," but uh, he's How done does that song go? I don't think I know that stuff. one. I, I I don't know it well enough. Just, is that the hum, one that hum a couple to, of bars. Hum a couple yeah, of yeah, bars. Yeah, just, to get it, me to, just make it. Does it is that know. the one that goes? Have a little faith for our lives to be over. <laughs> is that the Dawson's <laughs> Creek song? Is that it? Yeah, it goes. <laughs> Have a little faith in me, bum bum. Have a little faith in me, bum bum. <laughs> oh, so that's the one. Oh, Have yeah. a little, yeah. little, little, little faith, bum bum. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's cannons that go off representing <laughs> faith. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Bonnie Bonnie Raitt. Uh, you may know her best from the band The Dire Rates. Uh, huge couple of hits <laughs> oh, from them. Uh, they Fuck so you. <laughs> now I ran out of bear puns. So yeah. uh, they only need one last member of the team, Ted Betterhead. They call him, and he is busy polishing a Rolls Royce. We assume he is the successful member of the group, and he hangs up on them. He pretends he's going through a tunnel, hangs up on Henry. They show up at what they think is Ted's estate to find the man they think is his gardener, who is clearly Elton John. And as soon as they walk away, they say, oh, that guy looked like Elton John. And then later, we're just told for real. No, that was actually Elton John. He says, oh, Ted's down at the country club. Uh, And so they show up the country club. Ted is very mad they're there. They look out of place at this rich country club because they're hicks and also fucking bears. But Mm -hmm. everyone, nobody treats them like they're outsiders. They they sit down and talk to an old lady and she's laughing it up at their jokes about salmon. The fucking buffet has like a full trout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes. Yeah. That's, that's a good, good point. Uh, and, but Ted is Guys, mad. Yes. Yeah. Before we move on, can we just pretend that when you said uh, dire rates, uh-huh. I said something about honey for nothing? Yep. Oh, we can, that let's go. Rewind, just pretend that happened. Okay. Let's, let's go. Everyone. So uh, let's correct take, the pause record. The, 
pause it, go back, and then just pretend when it happens that I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. luckily this is just the rehearsal. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get yeah. it right for the main for the main performance. Okay. We'll have it on the day. <laughs> what I like is that. Honey for Nothing is a joke off of the movie, which Bonnie Raitt is in. So you right, really have right, to right. know the movie it to know the connection. Really, yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, they're two different pun tracks, really, mm. honestly. But Yeah, that taste right <laughs> together. You got your Bonnie, Rat and my country, Bonnie Raitt and My Country Bears. Bonnie Rat is, of course, the founder of the band Rat. It's a different person. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, what, I wonder, that's... Uh, now I want to do a Mad Magazine article that's just Bonnie Raitt's career, and she's in Dire Rates. She's, she's Bonnie Rat. Oh, all mm-hmm, those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, she's the California rate sins. So mm. Ted is very mad. Uh, he says they're pathetic. This is never going to happen. The show's never going to happen. Everyone kind of blames themselves and they walk off together. But Fred Betterhead is mad. And he goes to confront Ted and finds Ted singing It's Not Unusual, not a Country Bears song. It turns out he's not a member <laughs> of the club. He's part of the wedding band that's performing at the club. And yeah. and Ted goes, Ted goes, oh, Fred goes, Ted, you're a wedding singer? And it's one of those things where it's like, is that a bad thing? It's the kind of thing where, like, if not for the movie The Wedding Singer, I wouldn't necessarily think that that was any worse. That You're still a professional mm-hmm. musician, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh, Ted admits he's not rich, but he still doesn't want to be in the show for some reason. And Fred punches Ted until he passes out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they so kidnap what- him. And, I, and they, they kidnap him. The and I was like, that is not okay. This is yeah. this is one of two moments coming up where I was like, okay, Country Bears. That was too intense for the Country Bears. Uh, yeah. Dex tries to tell the cops that Barry is safe, but they do not believe him. Regardless, they disappear from the movie from this point on. I don't think they show up again. <laughs> it's a shame. I, I, I like in that scene, just like they sort of cheerfully ignore the fact that uh, our main character is a bear. Here, they're also like, Dex is like trying to tell them the truth, and he gets really frustrated with him. And after he leaves, they're like nothing but positive about what a great kid he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like their attitude, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're really, they're really funny. And, but, and, uh, <laughs> they, and in a normal movie, I would be like, okay, so the cops just disappear from the movie, we never see them again. Again, it's the country bears. Who cares? It's yeah, essentially, cares? it's, it's, it's kind of one step up from a sketch movie. Like, who cares? Yeah. So, uh, Ted still doesn't want to do the show, even when he's on the tour bus, for very vague reasons. He's just kind of like, I'm the only one who's organized around here. You guys aren't organized, and we're not a family, and we never were a family, which is cold, considering his yeah. brother is in the band. Like, yes. it's, mm-hmm. the, the, part of his family is there, and Barry is like, but your family are the people that, you're right, this isn't a family, because your family are the people who always, I don't believe in you or whatever. And he realizes, mm-hmm. just like my family, hey, I do have a family. He runs all the way back home. Yeah, it's great. one can only assume don't see any buses or trains or anything. You just see no. him running and then he's at home and his uh, mom is so excited yeah. to hear his voice that she drops the pie that she's holding on the floor and I'm like, but the pie, like yeah. you could have just, like it doesn't take any extra energy to put down that pie that you But Dan, she's got, cooking. she's got so much pie. It's established earlier on that when she's, a, she's worried she bakes things. So she's constantly baking throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. So yeah. they've got, I so really I imagine Stephen Tobolowsky, he saw the pie on the floor and he was like, oh, thank God. I couldn't uh, eat another mm-hmm. pie. Thank yeah. goodness. And, and also he's so excited when he sees Barry, he's just like, Barry! like it's the most, yeah. it's, it's the biggest <laughs> response. And it, but like yeah. if my son showed up, if my son I love disappeared and then showed up, I'd react that way too. Mm-hmm. I'd drop a pie. I don't care. I'm the Dan, the, your child who you love, who you gave birth the to, not really because he's a bear. You hear the kid, you know, the kid's okay. Just 
Use the no, extra second to no, put the Dan, pie down on the counter. You're just so I mean, excited. If, if only so you don't have to clean up that pie later. A small price to pay to not have to just be able to hug that bear kid. Um, you're gonna have ants all over the place. That's uh, the, the end up, you think there's not ants in that house already? You got a bear leaving That's honey true. all over the, the place. Bear probably it's eats, true. Eats the ants. Yeah, yeah they're delicious. The yeah, the bear eats the ants. They love it. Anyway, uh, Barry goes back. Fred on the bus finds an essay that Barry left behind where he says the country bears together as a group are his heroes, not one by one, together. Mm-hmm. And Ted Betterhead shows up at Barry's house and apologizes, and they decide the show is on. Uh-oh. But Walken stole the bus, and then he imprisons the other bears at <laughs> gunpoint. And he has, he has a bandolier of trank darts, so I guess it's implied uh-huh. as a trank But he just is, has a gun in his hand, Pushing them into a jail cell, and I was like, "This move. This is the second moment where I was like, this is too much.' Country bears. Yeah. I don't like the idea that country bears are being held at gunpoint. Yeah. Like, this is not good." And this is uh, when when Christopher Walken reveals why he wants to tear their house down or their country hall so much. Stu, Dan, who wants to sell the dark secret that uh, is is lying behind the hatred of uh, Reed Thimple? Well, he starts mm. he starts by unbuttoning his shirt, and I was like, "Does he have a embarrassing country bears tattoo?" Does he have a horrible scar caused by a bear attack? What could it mm-hmm. be? Yeah, but it, it, it turns out he's the fartist from earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't, like, doesn't one of the bears say, like, oh, the farting boy or something uh-huh. like that? Something like that. And Just to he put said, a hat on it, yeah. He said, yeah. he said, you, like, what was it? Like, you've ruined 30 years of my life or something. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. wait a minute, how them. old was he when he was a farting boy? Because <laughs> Christopher Walken looks like he's... also he's, making... <laughs> A lot of assumptions about the role of like a, a farting musician. That and was the like issue the I had. Cultural I mean, landscape. The, the idea that if he had only won that talent contest, <laughs> fart music would have been the next big thing. That would have been the wave he would ride in recording history. And crazier things have happened. Yeah. A yeah. guy sped up his voice and pretended he was a group of chipmunks and was a, and had several number one hits. <laughs> yeah. So uh, strange things had happened. But also the idea like if if being a farting musician was that close to the surface of bubbling up, you would have had another shot the one talent yeah, like just it. keep trying just keep pushing yeah. you know no 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 he's he's blaming others for a problem that's really his own his own yes his, own, his, li- his but, own he let he let one rejection shoot him down and you can't do that if you're going to be a creative professional you got to get used to you know read thimple listen to me you got to get used to rejection and all the read thimples out there all the fart musicians out there you can't let one know crash your dreams a hundred no's maybe it's time to look for something else but you can't let that well, no crash you because you're gonna you're gonna face rejection you know you got to really need to do it I mean, not only is he a bad, like, farting musician, though, but he's a bad, like, uh, evil businessman because the Country Bears, at this point, the, the, the building, the, the Grand Old Country Bears Opry, whatever it's called, is, like, six years behind on its payments. Uh, so it seems like only to get around to revenge now uh-huh. seems like laziness on Christopher Walken's so wait, part. He's yes. a bad farting musician. He's a bad evil businessman. But mm. is he a good farting businessman? <laughs> yes, he's I mean, in the, one in of the, the top farting businessmen. In the businessmen. ranks of farting businessmen, it's just him and Warren Buffett at the top. Yeah, yeah at the very top. Because, <laughs> uh, look, that guy's old. you got to believe that he's there's Warren a lot of stuff coming out of him. But... And it's thanks to Max Fund pledge. Thank you, Dan. Thanks to Max Fund's pledge supporters that I can say whatever I want. I can say whatever (laughs) fart stuff about Warren Buffett I want, not worry about offending the bosses or the the advertisers. Anyway, oh, we can't, we we can't do. (laughs) 
<laughs> we can't do any Warren Buffett jokes because Old Country Buffett is one of our sponsors. Yeah, of course, uh, this... Warren Buffett's famous company. Yeah, yeah. Berkshire Hathaway just bought a, a majority stake in Max Fun, and that's why we can't make any more jokes about Warren Buffett. Yeah, the guy Warren Buffett is the guy where any pair of pants he puts on, it's they're like the traveling that pants. They great. just fit perfectly. They look yeah, so yeah. good. Sample size. So this good. Guy. Perfect butt fit. I mean, a little loose in the in the thighs. But uh, otherwise, that's but what you want. fits perfectly on the butt. Yeah, he's got the, thin thighs. The, yeah. How's the bunghole area, LBJ? How's uh, uh, it's too tight, too tight. It? I gotta okay. call up Hagar and and have them make it a little bit looser. The horrible, uh, Hagar the horrible. <laughs> that the famous recording of of oh, uh, of Lyndon Johnson. He's calling Hagar the horrible, the Viking <laughs> from the comics who owned Hagar Slacks, and, so, to tell him about someone... yeah, to tell him about how tight they were. <laughs> Someone please diagram what happened over the last two minutes. And <laughs> Impossible. Put it, put it in a time capsule and bury it in your yard. Bury it bury in your yard. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. yep. So here's what I'm going to say it. about Dan, uh, him as a businessman. Yes, at any point in the last five and a half years, let's say, he could have foreclosed on that hall. Uh, but also, they're six years behind on rent. It's only $20,000, and that's a big I hall. Know. So they locked in their mortgage yeah. at amazing rates, and that's what you yeah. got to do. Lock in that mortgage at a good rate. Refi, mm-hmm. if you have to, to lock in that rate. It's worth stacking the extra years <laughs> onto, the, onto the end of the schedule, you know? Yeah. Elliot, I love that you're thinking about this because I, <laughs> I have to tell the story that <laughs> Audrey, rewatching this <laughs> also for the second time with me, uh, took a moment to do the math at the end to make sure <laughs> that one concert could have... <laughs> Paid back uh, the mortgage on this property, so like it, you know, you guys just yeah. I was like, how much were the tickets? Or how many people yeah. are in that that venue? I, I mean, think you, she's, you you can't. There's out. no way. Okay. You, there's no way you can fit more than what 400 people in that venue. You know? Oh, you think so? I think well, maybe I think more. You get I don't up know. to five or six. I mean, I don't know yeah. if bears are, bears have to follow fire occupancy limit rules, you know, but uh, they're bears. Anyway, uh, law doesn't apply to bears. At any moment mm-hmm. in the in the movie, they could have just said, human law does not apply to bear. Yeah, they break every human law, mm-hmm. bears. Exactly. No, no, just that's, you're thinking of a cat. What? Cats mm-hmm. do that. Oh. One cat in particular, every human law, even the big ones. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so there the show is on, but Walken stole the bus. They're like caught at gunpoint. <laughs> what? Sorry, like regicide. <laughs> like regicide, yeah. You know, you know that, uh, you know that, uh, uh, well, what's the name of that cat? Why have I McCavity? forgotten? McCavity. McCavity. I would say Moriarty, but McCavity is the cat version. Right? McCavity's just ripping off a ripping off a mattress tag and stuffing it into a queen's <laughs> mouth to kill her. Like he's, he's breaking every law. He's, yeah, he's got he's got his little pad. He checks off two for one. Mm-hmm. He's like he's he's taking an endangered sea turtle <laughs> off of their their egg laying place and just throwing it through a plate glass window of the store. There's just so many laws he can break all at once. Anyway, so uh, they. Uh, they have to save all the rest of the band. Uh, Barry's family, they find out that Bear's tracking, Barry's tracking collar that Dex showed him, he left it on the bus. I don't know why he had it with him. They use that, they ever use that to track them down. There's a very long, kind of boring sequence of Ted is in a boat being, tra- by, being pulled on a trailer by the car, by the family's van, mm-hmm. and it, he's almost always falling out of it. It is the Howard the Duck biplane sequence mm-hmm. of yeah. this movie. It's not. Yeah, it's the one part where I zoned out, really. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, the boat. Eventually, the boat bursts through the wall and frees the other bears. The bears, Christopher Walken at that point has abandoned the bears. I don't know where he is. Uh, I guess he's at the hall. They yeah. go to the hall, but there's no audience there. The place is deadly quiet. They find, they catch Christopher Walken. 
this part is a little unclear. Paying off Alex Rocco, I guess, to not promote the show. But then, yeah, but yeah. then when they're like, "Rip, you didn't promote the show," Christopher Walken is like, "I didn't. I had nothing. I don't know. Look, it's he did it. Like he's and uh, yeah. but then there's no audience. But then it turns out seconds later there is an audience. Yeah. they just had to park in the back behind the Country Bear Hall. Yeah, because Big because Al didn't want, him on his, uh, didn't want him messing up his lawn. Because Big Al has yeah. a running gag about how important his lawn is to him. The, the audience floods in. Christopher Walken makes the greatest angry, surprised faces. <laughs> uh-huh. It is children's pantomime theater, like, all over. Uh, and then they save the hall. They name Barry an official country bear, and they play a whole song, and Barry gets a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And... Then over the credits, you get real-life testimonials from the real-life musicians <laughs> who are in the movie about how important yeah. the bears are to them. And then, <laughs> and then as, as mentioned... Musicians with all the energy of someone who didn't like really fully read their contract. It's <laughs> like, uh, now i got to pretend that the country bears are a fucking musical influence on me, yeah. an actual music star. Yep. And, okay, and, sure. And this stuff seems fairly, fairly ad-libbed. Barely, like, yeah. S- barely, yeah. ad- it, barely ad-libbed, yeah. And uh, this is when... Uh, Exhibit and Wyclef Jean show up. They were I don't think they were in the movie before this. So I wonder no, if they no. had scenes that were that were cut off. Uh cut out. Or Unless they, I just didn't I, recognize it. Just them. imagine they got caught coming out of the bathroom on the lawn <laughs> and they're like, Hey, you want to say something about the country bears? Sure, whatever. Well, and there's there with some of the testimonials, I get the implication that they were suggesting that at one point the country bears dabbled into hip hop and I mm-hmm. got increasingly nervous they were going to have a country bears hip-hop song which luckily did not manifest yeah Yeah, luckily that doesn't happen uh that would be too much to bear unbearable uh and then as mentioned before disney plus then recommends brother bear because i guess bears are the only thing i'm into now (laughs) Mm -hmm. i guess i just love anything with bears bears in it just i want to read i want to watch the bear i want to watch jack the bear i want to watch everything with bear in the title you know (laughs) Uh uh-huh mm-hmm uh the witches of east bear all everything mm -hmm. all the stuff with bears you know i'm so happy you yeah, the Witches of East Bears. It's the Witches of Eastwick, but they're all bears. Uh-huh. While browsing through the Bear Necessities catalog. It's actually the, it's actually the, the Witches of Brestwick, but they're all bears. That's the weird part. Yeah. That's a straight, it seems like the takeoff. titles got mixed up a little bit. but Yeah. Um, I'm glad you guys took this journey with me uh, <laughs> to the Country Bears jamboree. I'm glad we, we had this journey through Country Bears uh, the legend. Uh, we got to uh, mm-hmm. a little little snippet of taste of the different porn habits of Stu and Dan. Stu being more of a hardcore internet guy and Dan being more of a Cinemax guy. And uh, <laughs> and we, uh, Dan, I will say, Gosh. you watched this movie and then you were mm-hmm. like, guys, you got to see this Country Bears movie. You wouldn't stop. It was not since Cats have you talked about a movie this much. I was like, what about mm-hmm. Minari? And you were like, I don't give a shit. Country Bears. And then uh, watching it, I was like, I get it now. I get it. This is uh-huh. a silly movie, but it is a much better movie than a movie based on the Country Bears has any right to, just in terms of yeah. joke quality. Well, let's, I mean, let's get into the final judgments. Uh, good, bad, bad, bad movie you kind of like. I The thing about this movie is like, it has it bears a similarity to cats oh, in that it no. does bear a similarity still to points, cats. Still getting points. And <laughs> that it's a uh, musical about uh, actors uh, in furry outfits uh, or CGI in cats' case. But uh, and it they both have a similarity in that like so much work is put into what is essentially not the greatest idea for a movie <laughs> and and in cats that make all the wrong decisions like the country bears i think basically actually works on its own terms because it makes all the right decisions for like an untenable center i mean cat, um, cats cats is attempting to say something about the human condition through the form of singing cats and it fails yeah. miserably whereas the country bears is like 
let's make something a kid can watch for an hour and a half, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and, and it I totally succeeds. The director of this, uh, this was his first and only feature, one assumes because this feature was The Country Bears, which did not do well, uh, but he was a writer for uh, many episodes of uh, Animaniacs, and the writer of this most recent credit was Game Night, which is, you know, a very yeah. funny comedy. So, like, they were, and, you know, great cast, great songs, like, the people behind this knew what they were doing. I don't and know what if they're I'd say doing gr- was making a movie of the country bears. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say great songs. I would say yeah. the songs are fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't. The songs are better than you would expect from a country bears. You movie. would think. Yes, you think that if they're I'm doing their, it on a curve, you would think if they're doing their reunion show, they wouldn't open with a fucking ballad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the songs are. These are songs I would see hearing on the radio. Like, yeah, they're yeah. not. They're not. They're not bad songs. Yeah. Well, anyway, but point is, I would not say. Like, don't expect that this is anything other than a goddamn dumb movie, but it's a movie I kind of like. Oh, I de- I, watching the movie, it was fairly early on that I was going to be like, I was like, am I going to have to l- really go in, uh, record something for public where I say that The Country Bears is a movie I kind of like? And by the end of it, I was like, why should I be ashamed? Yeah, sure, Country mm-hmm. Bears, kind of liked it. It's not, again, if you're going to watch a movie... I'd prefer you watch the movie I'm going to recommend at the end of the episode, which mm-hmm. I think is sure. a great movie. But uh, if, you, if you're looking for something to do with kids uh, on Disney Plus and it's a rainy Sunday afternoon, why not throw the country bears on there? You know, go ahead. It's fine. They might have some nightmares about those bear costumes, but uh, <laughs> hopefully not. Stu, what do you say? Okay, so uh, just to pull back the curtain on my viewing habits lately, I'm just trying to catch a little bit of movies when I can. Life's hard for old Stuart. Uh, so I watched the first half of this movie uh, in between opening the bar and closing the bar. And when I went back to work, I found myself wishing I could just go home and finish Country Bears. Wow. Uh, I like I was thinking I kept finding myself thinking about it, thinking about that little bear guy running around, <laughs> running down the street and thinking about how the emotional climax of this movie involves a guy, a performer in a, uh, a performer in a bear costume, running down a street, and how hot and sweaty that must have been for him. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun. There's some genuinely good jokes. Uh, I think the choice to uh, I think the choice to make them uh, like animatronic instead of some kind of like 2002 level uh, CGI effects, uh, which would have been horrifying. Uh, I think that was. I think it was the right move, even though it's super weird. I think it's way more fun to watch these like animatronic bear faces. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and country in bears, bear costumes. Country bears, good movie. Thumbs up. <laughs> nice. Kind of liked. Yeah, I, I was talking about this to uh, to Sammy, and he was like, "Is this the movie you likes the most of any you've seen on the Flophouse?" And I'm like, "No, it can't be. Can it?" And I don't <laughs> think it is. I think there was still that Halle Berry kidnapping movie where she has to dr- where she has to chase after the people who kidnapped her kid. That was a tense movie. But otherwise, you know, uh-huh. uh, it's pretty. It's uh, as far as Flophouse movies, this is this is one of the better ones. Which yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, is faint the faintest of praise. Well, uh, so <laughs> if you rely on our show, The Flophouse, to bring you. The hottest news about how the Country Bears movie from 2002 is actually pretty fun. Uh, then maybe you would like to consider uh, joining Maximum Fun. Now, I'll, I will say, so during this time, um, we have been collecting sort of testimonials from people. 
and I will uh, ask Jordan to uh, put some of the ones that you recorded in your own voices um, after this break. But I also, you know, have gotten a lot from people who wrote in, and I was going to read something here, but honestly, like the thing is, like everything is so sweet and so personal that I felt like a little weird sharing because like I am almost embarrassed by like we have meant something to people and that is very sweet uh and uh so I just kind of rather than getting too much into any one person's uh very personal sort of like sharing I want to say like the themes that I saw is that like along with the laughter people have looked for us um in this time especially this last year for a lot of uh, comfort, you know, like just like a comfort listen, something that makes them feel safe, something that up uplifts them, something that feels like it's reliably there when they feel bad. Um, uh, listening to friends talk to one another in this time where there's uh, less socializing helps them not feel alone. And, you know, I get it because I also am a Max Fun listener. When I was going through worse times than I, I, I feel I am, uh, even now in the case of all this pandemic stuff, when I was going in through bad times, podcasts uh, were there for me. I, I, I felt comforted. I got to, I've gotten to meet people through Maximum Fun, uh, make, make friendships with them. Um, all of our fellow podcasters I've met have been so wonderful. And um, if this is valuable to you, it is a good thing to support like uh people this is how we make our money off of the show and as much as we do love it at this point in our lives uh there may not be time in our lives for it if we weren't making money off of it on top of that it is a genuine support i have been fortunate enough to keep my job through the pandemic but as elliot said you know like work has been spotty uh stewart is a small business owner of a bar this is not a great time for bars like don't recommend it. the podcast yeah <laughs> having the podcast has uh honestly like kept us afloat during this time so um if you visit maximumfund.org slash join you can see all the ways you can give most people choose uh five dollars or ten dollars per month uh, and some support twenty dollars a month or more any level that you feel comfortable at Please, you know, choose what what works for you. You can boost your membership between levels if there's a specific amount you'd prefer to give. And I, you know, I just want to say it's been a tough time for so many of us, but your support helps us continue. Uh, your listenership is, you know, beyond the financial support. Even the fact that we know that there's an audience who this is important to uh, is important to us and has. <laughs> Uh, become like a weird sort of like um, honor to uh, be able to visit with all of you. So if you would like to, and if you can, please go ahead and join at MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Ryan, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I started listening to the Flop House uh, quite a few years ago. Um, the thing that I appreciate the most, other than just the humor uh, of the show, is um, how honest they are with dealing with their own uh, mental health. Um, it was at a time where I felt embarrassed to have to take medication for it. Um, I felt like an outcast, as like a loser. And hearing these guys be open about it and to seeing the success that they've had um, really was inspiring. 
and it's really helped me develop more of my own voice and start my own uh, podcast called BRBAFK. Yeah, I'm going to plug it. Um, but seriously, I'm so thankful to have the show, especially this last year with the pandemic and everything seemed just nuts. Uh, they helped me get through the year, uh, some really good episodes, and uh, I'm grateful uh, that the show's around. I guess now I say bye. And now we will do letters from listeners like you. You know, the letters segment is kind of like its own little magical world. Let's say you were in a forest and there were trees had doors on them, doors that led you to different <laughs> towns, to different places. There's a door shaped like a letter. Why, let's open it up and see what's inside. Bump, 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 ba-da-dum, bump, bump. Listeners of every age, would you like to hear something strange? Stay tuned here and you will spy letters for the Flophouse guys. This is letter time. This is letter time. Questions we don't know how to answer. This is letter time. Buckle up for letter time. Ask us about bits we barely remember. I am the letter with a personal question. Makes you squirm. You're uncomfortable with emotion. I am the letter all about Dan. Saying he's cool because it was written by Dan. This is Letter time, everybody, letter time, letter time, letter time, letter time, letter time. Do -do 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 -do. In this time, we read letters. I kind of wish this song was better. La 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 la, letter time. La 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 la, letter time, letter time. La la la, it's letter time, letter time. La la la, I'm wasting time, wasting all of your time. Wee! So that was the okay. letter time. You know, song. I was kind of down well, on that's... that song, and but you know, it won me over by the end. I like it. Okay, good. Great. I think the like we the really, yeah, the we oh, really, yeah, the Joie de Vivre. Yeah. I mean, that's another reason we needed a little more uh, uh, money from the Max Fund Drive, though, to pay off Danny Elfman. Pay Danny Elfman, yeah. Um, Especially when I go, what's this? What's this? There's letters no, 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 everywhere. No, no. What's this? There's questions in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Or oh, my ears. It's letters time. That's not fair. What's this? Mm -hmm. What does Danny okay, Elfman well, this... need money for? To buy Lembus bread? <laughs> <laughs> this is from <laughs> Elfman. This is from Elijah. Last name. Withheld. There must be something in the oh mail that says that letter time's at hand. And though I'd like to hear this letter, continue down. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> reading letters, reading letters is so fine. Guys, I have to sing these songs to my son every night before he goes to bed. I got, they're stuck in my head. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> this letter is from Elijah, last name withheld. Elijah Wood. Who, who writes, oh. Dear Flappers, I have been listening through the back catalog recently and had the pleasure of hearing your Dr. Doolittle episode. In said episode, Elliot speculates as to whether the testimony of a stick insect would be acceptable in court and wondered if the, if the defense would be able to successfully impeach the animal's character. As a flop listener who went to law school in England, I hope I can offer some clarity in response to this definitely serious legal inquiry. After a thorough look at the case law, I found that there's actually precedent for an animal's appearance, uh, t testimony in the space being accepted in English courts. And here there is uh, a, a content warning for uh, some uh, misogyny and uh, general dodginess. In, in 1677, a dog was brought 
to call to testify in a case of a woman accused of having sex with said dog. The dog, quote, owned her by wagging his tail and making motions as if it were to kiss her. Um, now, the poor woman's defense was that there was malice in the witnesses, the dog presumably included, but this attempt to impeach, impeach the character of the dog failed, and the woman was convicted. So in bladed answer to Elliot's question, it seems, given the low threshold in this case, it is at least theoretically possible a stick insect's testimony could have been used to execute Michael Sheen and Dr. Doolittle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in real English legal history, the court system was much more professional by Victorian times, but also there were no talking animals in real history either. Mm -hmm. However, real English law is unlikely to make much appearance in movies. English law is notoriously poorly depicted in British media because of the overwhelming influence of Americanization on the non-lawyer British creatives who produce things. For example, British newspapers readily illustrate stories about court proceedings with stock photos of gavels, despite the fact that gavels have never been used in English and Welsh courts. The hilarious Law & Order UK just recycled U.S. scripts without trying to make it fit the legal system. Wow. For a start, there's no plea bargaining across the pond. And but the do, Academy they, but Award... do they wear wigs in the show? <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, they, they gotta wear wigs. That's the, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the Academy Award nominated in the name of the father, despite being based on a true story, decided to decided to just import American court tropes, including showing a solicitor without higher court rights of audience arguing in place of a barrister. Translation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Translation. Wigless lawyer incorrectly shown in the position of a wigged lawyer. Thank uh, you for the translation. That was helpful. Uh, this leads me to a question. What are the floppers' favorite ridiculous courtroom antics in film to rival a stick insect taking the stand as a witness? <clears throat> Even if the law isn't accurate, there's nothing so much fun as a good kangaroo court on screen, especially if an actor is willing to embrace the large ham trope. Yours flop fully, Elijah, last name withheld. When I was thinking about this, I couldn't think of, unfortunately, a courtroom scene. I'm sure there are many that I have... Uh, guffawed at in, in, with uh, incredulousness, but um, I did think of Double Jeopardy, the movie <laughs> that is based on such a huge misunderstanding of what the Double Jeopardy <laughs> law would be, saying that uh, since she was already framed for her husband's murder, she can now murder him, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the courts cannot uh, prosecute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's the perfect crime. All you I have mean, to do is go to jail for it already. I feel like my favorite courtroom <laughs> movie probably doesn't hold up to actual uh, legal rules, and that, of course, is My Cousin Vinny. I love it so much. I've seen it a million oh, times. I mean, that's, no, what I've always heard is that My Cousin Vinny is one of the more accurate courtroom wow. movies. Yes. So it's yes, not, it is, it it's is not actually shown out of order. That's, no, it is not out of No, though, the two Utes had some excellent <laughs> legal representation. But oh, that's, man, I the, love it. The, it wasn't until I saw My Cousin Vinny that I realized that you have to share your evidence with the opposing side. Yeah. Like they need they, that there's the whole discovery process where you have to show them what you're going to argue with because there's so many courtroom movies or TV shows where there's a surprise last minute witness who mm -hmm. like brings in some new, and as a lawyer you're not and supposed to It's always ever, allowed. It's always allowed and it's bad lawyering for you because you don't know what they're going to say. Like a lawyer is not as a lawyer, they tell you, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And, mm -hmm. as, and you, you're not allowed to just bring something in and be like, oh, yeah, the other side doesn't know this person exists, but we're going to bring them in. Like, it's a – in a real trial, I assume they would, like, stop the trial to share that information. And then they would – because if uh, – yeah, the other thing yeah, is that yeah. the, the, my one experience on jury duty was seeing how long everything takes and how – 
a trial can just stop for a week and then come back. And it was that there's it's so much of it is about the judge's schedule that like trials are not as speedy as the I guess the Constitution demands. But yeah. but it wasn't until my cousin Vinny that was like, oh, so you can't just drive up with us with a last minute witness and blow <laughs> yeah. the other case out of the water. <laughs> Surprise witnesses, and, each more surprising than the last. And it makes me, th- yeah, <laughs> and it makes me think of uh, the uh, the uh, the the non-witness version of that is in uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street when they dump all that Santa Claus mail out, and I'm like, well, what is this supposed to prove? Nothing. Like this, this is dumb. And I think in the movie they're even like, well, that's not good. That's not that's not good evidence. But I've never really yeah. been able to understand how the case works in that movie or or how the judge well, comes to I his mean, decision. The, I think that the great thing about that movie is it's pretty clear that the judge is looking for an excuse not to convict this guy because like of all the bad. <laughs> Like 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 the hate mail he's been getting and everything. Like he just he he's just like you know what, sure guys. He's Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm not I'm not super well versed in legal stuff, but uh, is uh, the courtroom scene in Ghostbusters two with the ghosts is that is that realistic? Mm. I mean that's only realistic in that. I mean the thing is if a ghost is gonna break up a courtroom to try to kill the judge who gave them the chair, there's uh-huh. a lot of usually there are motions and paperwork that they have to go through before they yeah. can appear in that in that yeah. courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you know the Scolari brothers, they you know, they just do whatever they want. That's yeah. why they got the chair. Yeah. You know, Harris Ulan gave him the chair. I mean, on, actually, you know what? I don't think it's that he says I gave him the chair. But they're in New York State during that scene, right? I think yeah. capital punishment had been against the law in New York State for for years. So mm-hmm. unless well, I guess depending on how long Harris Ulan is, is playing a judge in that one, so, yeah. lawyers write in some with the history of of capital punishment in New York State or like I mean, capital punishment was against the law in the United. States. It was declared. If I'm remembering right, I thought the Supreme Court declared it cruel and unusual at a certain point, and then it was brought back because our our country got meaner mm-hmm. over time. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to see if that's well, actually true. You know, look it up, uh, Elliot. It's not on the goofs page of <laughs> Ghostbusters Two guys, that I can see. Guys, so. I could be wrong, but it's possible we just discovered a new goof. The Flophouse may have made news in this Country Bears uh-huh. episode. <laughs> news about Ghostbusters Two. <laughs> yep. News you can use. Uh, okay, well, the second and final no, wait, oh, here's, episode, uh, wait, here's the oh. other thing I want to say about Miracle on 34th Street. They should, yeah. So the trial is, they think he's insane because he declares himself Santa, and they're going to yes. commit him, yeah, right? Yeah. I wish yeah. the movie had had the guts to commit him to the insane asylum, and then an army of elves just breaks the walls down, and it's just... <laughs> Fighting with guards as they yeah. as they break Santa Claus out, and as uh-huh. Santa Claus flies off, he goes human human law has no call has no hold over elf law, uh-huh. and yeah. you know, yeah. and then he says, "You've tasted my generosity, now taste my wrath." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. And he's just dro- he, he drops a huge lump of coal on the insane asylum, killing mm-hmm. dozens. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. And all so and all this, the cookies uh, and milk that are in the break room have been devoured by a, a voracious Santa Claus. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. now, then it becomes the movie ends in a chilling dystopia where cookies and milk now have to be put out every night to oh, wow. uh, to satisfy the Jeez. the angry the angry god uh-huh. who is Santa Claus. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like it's so like this... it becomes like Shirley Jackson's <laughs> The Lottery or like the It's a Good mm-hmm. Life episode of The Twilight Zone where it's just yep. like. Mm-hmm. Santa's coming, kids. Have to put out the milk and cookies. Santa might come tonight. Uh, don't take my children, Santa Claus. We've been Claus. good all year. We've been oh, good all year. Good we swear. Santa. But I was good all year, Santa. I was good all year. Not good enough. You know. Mm-hmm. Wishes him to the cornfield. Which is anyway, kind of like kind of like the evil robot Santa from Futurama, right? You know what? Yeah, I just a pulled. A, I just pulled a country bear Muppet. A You're bit right. Too much uh, I shouldn't have done it. Like that. I apologize, but... Futurama producers and writers. Uh, this uh, second and final letter for the episode is from Lindsay, last name withheld, who writes, 
Dear Floppers, every once in a while, Elliot says something that makes me think he knows a lot about Ska. What's the deal with that? <laughs> Sincerely, Lindsay, last What's name withheld. What, the what is the deal with that? With that. I certainly what know is... more than I want to about Ska, but it's wow. I'm not a big Ska fan. Sure, I love Madness. Everybody loves Madness, mm-hmm. some of their songs. but Pissing off the Ska fans and the, the Rockabilly wow. people. Yeah, and when you know what? If I was yeah. listening to, if you put on a real <laughs> Jamaican Ska, I'd sit there and be, I'd be fine with it. But a good, being a guy who went to a load of punk shows in my college years, which is the early 21st century, uh, mm-hmm. in the late 20th century, I saw a lot of ska opening bands. And I'd be like, I'm just here to see the Bouncing Souls. I don't need to sit through a ska band, but I guess mm-hmm. I have to. You know, I'm just here to see Screeching Weasel. I don't want to see a ska band. But yeah. you just sit through a lot of ska bands if you if yeah. you were into punk and, and kind of poppier mm-hmm. punk at the time. Now, of course, it was, it was a real... Uh, Eye opener when I started going to metal shows with Stuart, and there were no ska yeah. bands opening for them. And I said, "Oh, I see. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah." You switched your allegiance. Yeah, if, I, if we go see Carcass, there's not going to be a ska band playing beforehand. You know, but man, what what it would happen if that happened? Well, well, you know, <laughs> I think it would go a little <laughs> something like this. Maybe a little something up, like this. Deet deet deet. Yeah, like that stuff. Well, let us move on to our final segment of the evening where we recommend movies. You know, like, look, we like the Country Bears, but maybe you're not in the mood for a movie <laughs> about a group of country singing bears. Which, maybe you maybe know. we don't want the classic Flophouse Recommends sticker that, just like the Oprah Book Club logo, we don't want that slapped <laughs> on the Country Bears DVD necessarily. Yeah. yeah, I mean, certainly I wouldn't understand passing up the country bears, but it takes all kinds. So I'm going to recommend, and you've already recommended uh, it. We don't want to, we don't need a double. Yeah. Up. I'll recommend, uh, I rewatched, uh, because, uh, my brother wanted to watch it and we were doing a, you know, a distanced family watch, uh, of the, the Sugarland express, um, Steven Spielberg's, uh, first movie for the theaters. Duel was released theatrically, uh, I believe only overseas. Uh, and then Sugarland express came out and then it was on to jaws. But this, so this was, um, his debut and rewatching it, I was impressed by how early on he was just sort of a master of visual storytelling. There is a lot of like it's it's a much smaller, like more human movie than a lot of his later films uh, became. But it also from the start has so many technical challenges. Like the 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 crane will widen out and you'll see so many cars. Uh, doing so many things. Let me, I, I guess I haven't even said the story. The point of it, like, it's a it's a long, slow car chase. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the movie, a very young Goldie Hawn uh, visits William Atherton, known as the perennial '80s dick in movies yeah, like yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters, Real Genius, Die Hard. Anyway, uh, here much more likable, uh, but still a doofus. They they break out of jail, even though he's set to be released soon because their child is going to be taken away from them from child services, and they end up getting in this uh, slow-speed chase. And um, it's interesting to see. It was based on a real incident, and I feel like it was very much kind of an early rumbling of celebrity culture of today i mean i guess you know like outlaws were always celebrities but this is kind of like a modern version of it that like a modern american version of it that uh uh wasn't as often caught and parodied on uh, in in pop culture because it wasn't as big a phenomenon as it is now sort of like the the giant 
celebrity uh, scandal kind of thing. But it you grow to love these characters. You see them go through this. It has a very 70s vibe. It feels very different from a lot of Spielberg movies. It feels very... Uh, like, it has that human comedy that Jaws has and, like, a lot of great faces of, like, character actors that then later on sort of the, some of the slickness uh maybe took away from Spielberg as as great as some of his other movies are but um uh it was it was very enjoyable i recommend it the sugarland express yeah sugarland express is really good and it, i've always looked at it as a kind of road not taken for spielberg yes definitely like it it's weird like altman spielberg kind of yeah it's it's much more of spielberg doing the kind of movie that you saw a lot of in the 70s before he essentially invented like modern blockbuster mm-hmm. movies with with jaws um, uh, that's a segue. I don't mean to, to jump ahead in my recommendations. That's a segue to, I was in, a, in addition to the movie I'm recommending, because this is the Maximum Pledge Drive, I want to recommend a book that I'm reading. I'm currently oh. reading uh, Bob Balaban's Close Encounters of the Third Kind Diary, which is his, like, uh, uh, diaries from the making of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, it's a really fun read, and uh, there's a lot of neat behind-the-scenes stuff about that movie that I didn't know before. But a lot of it is just re- anecdotes about him and Francois Truffaut hanging around waiting for the times when they were supposed to be shooting scenes because there were so many special effect shots to wait for. But that's not the movie I'm recommending. Sure, Close Encounters is great. I'm not recommending it this time. I'm recommending a different movie. Hey, guys, the Criterion Channel seems to know exactly what I want to see, because they've got a whole collection of Czech New Wave movies up, and longtime listeners in the Flophouse may or may not be aware that I love the Czech New Wave uh, or and that entire uh, movement of uh, Eastern European kind of New Wave films of the early to mid-60s. Uh, I'm a big fan, and so there's a bunch of movies. that I um, closely watch Trains, which is one of those movies. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Intimate Lighting is another great one. But anyway, the one I'm recommending is those are both in that collection that's on Criterion right now, but another one that I just saw is called Something Different, uh, this is the, uh, I think, feature debut, possibly, of uh, Vera Chitalova, who directed Daisies, which I recommended a little while back. Uh, and it tells two parallel stories. One is about a housewife who has become uh, very frustrated and dissatisfied with her life and embarks on an affair that kind of starts to replicate the things going on in her marriage. It seems like she's just kind of stuck in those things. And it pairs up with the story of an Olympic gymnast who is practicing and preparing for an exhibition, uh, and she's having to push herself really hard to do new moves that she's not used to at a time when she's getting older than gymnasts usually are and is finding it more difficult. And the gymnast is played by Eva Bosakova, who was a real Olympic gold medalist uh, from Czechoslovakia. And so there's a lot of great gymnastics in the movie. But uh, it's a Czechno-Wave film, which means that it's a little sad, but also a little funny. There's great black and white, uh, just kind of crisp imagery, and the way that it kind of counterpoints these two stories and these two women who are both eager for something different in their lives, but find themselves kind of still trapped by the by the way of living that they that they know and the things they're used to. I just really liked it a lot. So that's something different. It is not. I just want to say right off the bat. It is not the basis of the something different Zima commercials that would air on American television oh. 30 oh, okay. years later. Oh, okay. It's not nice. related. So this is something yeah. different. It's currently on the Criterion Channel, uh, and it's available in other places too. Before, uh, sorry, before Stuart uh, makes his rep- rep- uh, recommendation, I don't want to, uh, a very important piece of information. I, I've done some research. It seems that the um, death penalty in New York State has been abolished and reinstated many times 
uh, over the years, including in 1860, it was abolished uh, by accident and uh, and was corrected in 1861. But uh, apparently, according to the GhostbustersFandom.com oh, okay. wiki, uh, let's see, the, the, the Scolari Brothers trial was in 1948, uh, during which time... Oh, okay, it was legal then, yeah. It was legal, although uh, Harris Eulen character judge wexler would have only been 21 making it unlikely mm. he would uh, be presiding over a where they get the where, where they case. getting the information that the slurry brothers trials from 1948 is that in the novelization i do not in the ghostbusters uh to february 27 1989 draft so this is i right. guess uh an earlier draft uh, is specified that it was 48 yeah. so i you know what i'm not going to take that as canon to be yeah, honest, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I hate to make enemies, sure. but I'm gonna take issue with the Ghostbusters fandom wiki site and say that this is a possible goof. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, or incorrectly regarded as goof. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Do you think? Do you think that original script? It was like the Scalari brothers had lines, and they're like, "You executed us three years after the end of World War Two." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they had just had to place it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, oh, wow, I I understand this. Um, okay, so I'm going to recommend a movie that is hot. It just hit Netflix this <laughs> week. It's hot, just like my eggs. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it just hit Netflix this weekend. Uh, so I guess last weekend, if you're listening to this, when it launched and not right now while we're recording it. Be um, more complicated. Get more lost in the weeds <laughs> of this. I love it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm recommending an animated movie that hit Netflix called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. It is super duper fun. Uh, it, uh, I think it's produced by Lord Miller. I'm not sure, um, but it is. It's fun. It uses a lot of different animation techniques and styles. Um, it's uh, I don't know, just fun. Great, recommend it. It's family film. Watch it. It's a blast. Enjoy it. It reminded me a little bit of. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Spider Verse in that while watching it, it kind of reminded me of when I was younger and I discovered like Japanese animation and was so mm. shocked at like I was so into this thing that feels new, uh, mm. at least for me at the time. I don't know why like uh, like the Pixar stuff never really did that for me. I mean, Pixar movies are great, but like the animation style never really uh, like you know never really caught me like i don't know i guess maybe it was because we were watching computer animated movies like as as they were figuring out the technology but i don't know mm. but this is uh mitchell's versus the machines reminds me of spider-verse and that it feels like this is kind of a new thing this is the way uh animated movies are going to be going and do i don't know it was great it's great yeah check this out. i've been seeing a lot of uh buzz on the internet from like you know, film people I know recently about this. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, Elliot, I believe that before we go, you might have one final thing to say about the Max Fun Drive. I do. Guys, maybe we didn't mention it in this episode. I can't remember. Uh, but it's the Max Fun Drive right now. And I wanted to take a moment before we left to, uh, Make sure, again, to say thank you. I feel like we can't say it enough. Thanks to everyone listening. Thanks to the current Maximum Fund Pledge members uh, who are staying the course with us. Thanks to current Max Fund Pledge members who feel like they can upgrade their memberships this year. Thank you to future Max Fund Pledgers who haven't pledged yet but are about to make that leap and join what's really 
like Stuart and Dan said, an amazing community of like people who talk, people who listen. Sometimes the talkers listen to each other. Sometimes the mm-hmm. listeners talk a little bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. it would not exist at all without your amazing and generous support. Max Fund could not exist without its members and their pledges. So we really thank you about that. And I want to say one of the best things about Max Fund Pledge Drive, other than, of course, making it possible for Stuart and I to stay afloat. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me to pay my mortgage and feed my children is other than that, which is still very good, is knowing that uh, for reasons that I cannot begin to fathom, and this fights against our, our push a little bit, that people enjoy what we're doing enough to pay <laughs> money for it, which yep. always kind of surprises me, but it's a really wonderful thing. Like I'm a Max Fund pledger myself, and I get it that there's like I get a certain amount of happiness from supporting the creators and artists that I'm a fan of, and I hope you do too. And like I get pleasure from their work and i get pleasure from knowing that i'm being a part of making that work possible and we really couldn't and wouldn't do this without you i think by this point dan and Stuart and i would have found some other way to spend our time uh <laughs> but you're helping us stay the course with it so thank you very much for supporting us and for considering supporting us if you haven't supported us yet and just for being the sweet people that you are uh who make this show worth doing for each of us and the dream of any creator is to have their work connect with someone that they otherwise never would have met and never would have had contact with. And this is that time of year, Max Fun Pledge Drive time, when it really hits it home to me how that we get to do that and what a special relationship that is. This is when I, I really think about it and it makes itself known. So thank you very much for, for being the other half of that connection. It's really mm-hmm. wonderful and special to us. So one last reminder, uh, if you're ready to become a new member at this point or if you're already a member and you're ready to upgrade your pledge, just go to MaximumFun.org slash join Put in information, choose the level that feels right for you, uh, and let them know that the Flophouse is the show or one of the shows that you want to support because you don't have to just choose one. You can do multiples. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash join. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Do it now. Don't forget. Yep. Do it now, folks. MaximumFun.org slash join. Do it now. Do it. Do, I know you're not doing it. Do it. Go do it. Do it now. Wow. Do it. I can see you. Okay. I can the see through your earbuds. Right do end. it. Go for it. Do uh, it. Well, Come on, man. Do it. <laughs> Speaking of wonderful people, thank you to Jordan Cowling for uh, editing and producing the show. Thank you to, again, Max Fun for uh, being the support system that mm-hmm. allows us to do the show. Um, if you like the show, please go out in the world, uh, rate it on iTunes, tell people about it. But we've come to the end of this episode with a lot of love for the Country Bears. Who would have thought it <laughs> so many years ago when we all got together? <laughs> that this would be where we'd find ourselves mm-hmm. today. No. I mean, I remember seeing the posters for the Country Bears when it was coming out and being like, that's garbage. And now I was so wrong, and I want to say, Elliot of 20 years ago, hey, don't yeah. be so cynical, because like a good friend of yours will say someday, good things come in bears. Ugh. Even when I say it, it's like ashes in my mouth. Oh, I can't forget it. Horrible. All right, no. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Bear Wellington. Love that mm. nickname, famous nickname. Coming back around. <laughs> and I've been Elliot Kalen. Thanks for bearing with us. <laughs> oh, man. Got Bye. on the point at the end. <laughs> On this episode, we discuss the Country Bears. Currently at 31% on Rotten Tomatoes? What the fuck? (laughs) That's pretty good. And yet Paddington 2 is the best-reviewed movie of all time? What's going on here? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience-supported.